This is the Rubber Soul Panel Podcast, spotlighting the commentary used in the public radio documentary, Isn't It Good? The Beatles' Rubber Soul, an in-depth exploration of the Beatles' landmark 1965 album, Rubber Soul. The entire program can be heard on your public radio station if they carry it, feel free to ask them to, or online at the public radio exchange, prx.org. That's prx.org. I'm Paul Ingalls, host and producer of the show. If you signed up for our free podcast, we hope you enjoy it and at least stick around at its end to hear about how to make a tax-deductible donation to a nonprofit radio organization that produces a program we think the Beatles would have dug and that it explores peace and love. More on that in a minute, but here's this episode of the Rubber Soul Panel Podcast. This bird has flown. Take one. So you have drive my car and you follow it with Norwegian Wood. This is, you know, this is fantastic. It sounds like two completely different bands. I once had a girl, or should I say, she once had me. I mean, one of the things that came up for John Lennon was, um, you know, a reporter with whom he was having an affair, as it happens, you know, said to him, you know, you're obviously a really smart guy, you know, and here's the stuff that Dylan is doing. Why aren't you doing writing like that? And I think that really began to work in Lennon's mind. So I think in Lennon's songs in particular on Rubber Soul, you really get a sense of somebody who is stretching. He's kind of pushing himself into different kinds of statements, different kinds of language, uh, different kinds of emotions. And it's an extraordinary you know, journey that you see enacted, you know, on that album. It's John, again, he's writing about having an affair. He was married at the time to his first wife, Cynthia Lennon, and, you know, uh, he was a tough guy, but a sensitive guy, and I think he wanted to start getting this off his chest. So Norwegian Wood is about that. Another personal story, but made general. Uh, A lot of rumors and stories of who the affair might have been with, but the point is you don't really have to know. You just have to know. And it it doesn't even have to be about an affair. It could be just about a a one-night stand. I will say that I think of all the songs most influenced by Bob Dylan on Rubber Soul, Norwegian Wood is by far the most. Um, Partly because it is that kind of story song that Dylan loves so much about a mysterious woman and uh, an encounter that kind of goes wrong. (laughs) And then, you know, it's timelessness the way... It steps out of time. It could have been written in another century. Um, It feels mythical. And then in the end, you don't really know what happens. There's that fire, and it could be extremely drastic, or it could just be uh, very simple. You have to draw your own conclusions. I think that's something that uh, John Lennon especially uh, got from Bob Dylan's work. Well, Norwegian Wood was a song that even when I heard it as a kid, I... I sensed that something else was going on. This was so different from what the Beatles had done before. And, you know, I couldn't really comprehend it. I couldn't really analyze it. But, you know, just all of the strangeness, there's a kind of, um, you know, almost a little element of surrealism. You know, the eye lit a fire. I, you know, crawled off to sleep in the bath. You know, these kind of images were not, the typical stuff of 
pop songs, you know, isn't it good Norwegian wood? George Harrison had become fascinated with the sitar on the set of the movie Help, had decided to pick up a cheap one at a store called India Craft and sort of pluck around figuring it out. Later on, of course, he would go on to study with the great sitarist Ravi Shankar and really come to really embrace Indian music, Eastern culture, and so forth. But here it was just, it was a new toy, a new instrument. And on this song, Harrison evidently had it around and figured it, it would work well. This bird has flown, take two. One, two, three, one, two, three. If you listen to some of the anthology versions of this song, I do know you could tell that uh, George understandably, was struggling with the instrument. Um, sitar is not an easy instrument to play, from what I understand. When you listen to the takes of Norwegian Wood, you hear the song evolve. You hear the first attempts of George Harrison figuring out the, how the sitar was going to work. I once had a girl, or should I say, she once had me. And then you hear Ringo trying to overdub a drum part, and you realize that something is not working. I sat on the rug, drinking her wine, biding my time. Ringo took everything out except a, a bass drum and a, and a tambourine, and it made it sound like uh, what you would think of, uh, of a little Eastern song with an English melody. You can argue it was one of the first uh, examples of world music in rock and roll. You know, some call it the beginning of world music, and I, I think that's really stretching it. I'm not crazy about the sitar. Um, I understand how it works as a, um, an ear refreshener. I think it detracts from the overall performance. I think it's a great vocal by John. Um, I, I just think the sitar, um, I, I don't really know what it's supposed to do. It locks the performance in its era. Take four. Please, man. So it's that melody. That's it too. That uh, that that flat seven in the melody is the part that sticks out. Like, wow! Now that's interesting. The most singular thing about the melody of Norwegian Wood is that flat seven, but it doesn't arrive until the third phrase of the song. So it occurs to me that. It's a good melody up until that point. And then when he sings the word she and sings that flat seven, that's when it really blossoms into being a great melody. And the blossoming is so powerful. There's two ways to say this. The blossoming is so powerful that it makes us retroactively go, whoa, this is not just a good melody, this is a great melody. But another way to put it is 
that the melody is very good up until the point where it becomes great. And so it, it's able to get our attention and hold it until that payoff. Now I gotta get a guitar and actually see if I'm talking correctly here. <laughs> There's always a guitar nearby. Right there is that note she once said me. Wow, now that's fascinating. Okay, so it's modal. Yeah, and then, yeah, okay. So I was, in fact, I was, I was, what I was hearing in my head is actually corresponds to what they are doing at that point, which is they've built this whole song on one chord. And most of us, if we're cruising along with that one chord, we would think, well, let's just go to the next chord, in this case, the four chord. And they don't. They don't go to the five chord. They don't go to a flat seven chord. They go to the same chord. They just make it minor. That's such a spectacular move because everybody out there, it's when you're a listener to a song, it's a little, you're, it's like being a dance partner with the songwriter. They have that sort of hand in the small of your back and everybody knows that this has to go somewhere but they manage to take it in this refreshing and surprising direction and they do it with this touch and this feel that allows us to just go with them and it's utterly mysterioso like how do you do that and the answer is to be a creative genius and <laughs> the answer is to work your ass off that's the two-part answer to how you do that you pretty much have to be who those people were and then you have to work as hard as they worked you know with the beatles and with you know any band having hits up to that point you know you hear the song on the radio and you kind of already knew what the verses were you certainly knew what the chorus was you know what exactly is the chorus to Norwegian Wood? You know, uh, isn't it good, Norwegian Wood? She asked me to stay and she told me to sit anywhere. I looked around and I noticed there wasn't a chair. You know, this is almost like, you know, Gertrude Stein or, you know, it's a different kind of writing than what you would hear in a typical pop song of that time or this time for that matter. You know, there's um, something else going on. And even if, you know, even if you were a kid, you know, it was very, very clear that this wasn't She Loves You, Yeah, 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 you know? I mean, that was a great song, but this is a whole other order of business. And there was something odd about it. There was something strangely sexy to me about this song. It was the kind of call of the grown-up world, you know, when I heard it. it suggested all of the kind of strangeness and beauty of what what growing up meant. And I think that's kind of what the Beatles were going through. They weren't kids anymore. They weren't the mop tops anymore. Their lives were, were entering a, a different a different space and I think Norwegian Wood, you know, really gets at that. Comments on Norwegian Wood, led off by Jim Fusilli. Rolling Stone Magazine's Anthony DeCurtis, who mentioned John Lennon being challenged to write deeper lyrics. Rob Martinez and Scott Fryman in there again with more on the song's background. Ann Powers had comments on the Dylan influence. John Spurney was in there disputing the start of world music label being given to Norwegian Wood. Musician Peter Mulvey had that great chat in there about the chord choices in the song. 
Musician and author John Cruth recalled the sexiness of the tune, all ideas inspired by Norwegian wood. Copyright restrictions prevent us from using more than just a few seconds of Beatles music in this documentary work on the podcast, but obviously you can hear the music in this special online at the Public Radio Exchange, prx.org. That's prx.org, or on your local public radio station, or of course on your own copy of Rubber Soul, available for purchase everywhere you'd expect. If you're digging the podcast, we're going to ask you to visit another site online to show your appreciation. And that's peacetalksradio.com, peacetalksradio.com. And consider making a tax-deductible donation in any amount to help support another radio program that explores peace and love. It's the only series about peacemaking and nonviolent conflict resolution. Let me be clear that the Beatles have not endorsed it formally, although we once got an email from Ringo Starr's management complimenting us on the work, and Yoko Ono was interviewed for a Peace Talks radio episode about her and John's peace work. So it's a good project to help to show your appreciation for this free podcast. Again, visit peacetalksradio.com and consider making a donation. And enjoy the rest of the series, The Rubber Soul Panel Podcast. I'm Paul Ingalls. <laughs>